Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Hey, my monkeys, what is going on? Today is Friday. It's the 13th of December, 2019. That's right. It is Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Anyways, it's been a while since I have uh, dropped a show for you guys, at least on this feed, on the Arm Date feed. I have been, uh, I recently dropped a couple of shows, episodes on uh, Firearms Cafe. So I'd invite you to check those out uh, if you'd like. Let's go ahead and get our contact info going. And as you can tell, I am in the mobile studio. I don't know if I mentioned that yet or not. And I'm actually heading out to a shooting range. So I've got a little bit of a drive and thought, well, let's talk about a recent movie. But before we do that again, let's go ahead and get that contact info up and running. If you'd like to contact me, a couple of different ways to do so. You have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731-206-745-APE1. If you would rather write an email or maybe record your own audio, and then you're not limited by any time constraints or anything like that, also you can kind of edit it, do that type of stuff, you can send that to me at thearmedape.com at gmail.com all one word thearmedape at gmail.com if you're interested in looking at maybe my YouTube page or the Facebook listener page for either uh, Armed Ape or Firearms Cafe I have those things uh, on uh, on the website which is thearmedape.com and like I said you'll find buttons for Instagram Twitter YouTube and Facebook, there is also a donation button. So if you like the show, you like what I do, and you would ever want to throw some financial support my way, you can do so there. It's super easy, and it would be greatly appreciated. All right, enough of that kind of nonsense. Let's go ahead and jump in with the show. Now, normally, when I do a movie review, and the movie that we're going to do is called Brightburn. And normally when I do a movie review, what I like to do is talk about the movie up to a certain point, and then I'll say, okay, we're gonna stop here, and if you wanna continue on, come back after the music, or stay with me after the music, and then we will go ahead and do full spoilers and talk about the end of the movie, and that can include uh, you know, major plot twists, if somebody lives or dies, you know, that type of thing. And it's a funny thing with this movie. They, uh, 
they kind of do a little bit of a spoiler right from the jump, so to speak. In that, you know, in the trailers and in all the, I guess, press release or all the buzz they're trying to generate about this thing, they basically say, well, here's what the premise is. And the premise is, what if Superman came to Earth, but instead of being a good guy, he was actually a bad guy? What if he was maybe inherently evil? And so that, you know, how, how would you stop something like a Superman? And so there are still some spoilers, so we understand kind of it's more the... The story is, isn't so much, oh, he turns bad, as, as much as it is, oh, how does he get here? Uh, did he have a choice? Did he not? And, we'll, and we can talk about some of those things. Uh, and also, one of the things that I want to do is maybe throw out a little bit of my own kind of uh, uh, theories on what I think happened and also theories on, uh, and maybe, uh, I don't know if theories is the right word, but maybe uh, my alternate views on some things where I thought that the movie kind of fell a little short or took a little bit of a misstep and we will talk about that stuff uh, so what I'll do is I'll talk maybe for and it's going to be relatively short if, if we're not going to jump into kind of major spoilers uh, as far as you know how things unfold so the movie opens up and we have you have the, uh, well, we'll start off with the boy. His name is Brandon Breyer, and he's the little baby that, you know, come, he's, he's our little baby Superman. And then the parents who would be the, uh, so he's the Clark Kent. So the parents who would be the Ma and Pa Kent are uh, the Breyers, and they're Kyle and Tori Breyer. They are, I think when this is supposed to take place, they're probably supposed to be in their early 30s. They've been trying to have a kid. And they've been unsuccessful. And uh, the spaceship comes to Earth. And they're able to... And this is where you have to have a little bit of suspend disbelief. They basically are able to say, hey, we, uh, you know, we adopted this guy. And they've got him in school. And you're just to assume that they have all the paperwork and everything. And, and that's a very a nitpicky detail. But uh, in this day and age, you can't just sort of show up with a baby without having some sort of documentation or paperwork from from somewhere they are uh, at home basically going to try and make a baby and then all of a sudden they hear the the, the uh, spaceship comes down they go get him and then from this point what you kind of get is sort of a montage of him and he's just like a just looks like a regular sweet little baby boy uh, they show him kind of growing up but they don't show and this may be a little bit of a, of a misstep, but maybe not. Some people might say it is, and I at first I thought maybe it kind of was, but then as time went on and as I kind of thought about it a little bit, and it's been a couple weeks since I've seen the movie. I got it through my Netflix disc. But um, at first I thought it was maybe a misstep, but maybe it isn't, because he, as you see him growing up, you don't see him the little montages that they show you don't really see him exhibiting any superpowers the parents aren't talking about it they're not talking about oh you know he 
he fell out of that tree and didn't get a scratch on him or you know he got hit you know really hard by the uh, you know by a by a baseball or something right in the head and it just you know popped right off him it didn't he didn't even seem to it didn't really seem to feel I mean he knew it hit him but he didn't you know he didn't get hurt didn't really cry or you know if you really wanted to do something you have something where maybe the mom or the dad is backing out the the truck well yeah well well anyway they, well, well I'll keep on with that so they're like backing out the truck or something they actually run him over and it nothing happens to him he's you know doesn't again doesn't have a scratch on him but you don't see any of that what you see is basically him just as a, a sweet little boy and they also don't show any of out, anger outbursts or anything like that he's just like a regular kid if anything he looks kind of small uh, maybe uh, you know a little frail or, or maybe he just looks like a tip and especially as he gets older he might look more just like a typical kind of a smaller nerdy 12 year old boy but before we get into that stuff so we see too that you know the mom is uh, who is played by Elizabeth Banks and her name in the movie is Tori so her character's name is Tori and Tori is just over the moon this is everything she's ever wanted you know they weren't able to have ever have kids we see that you know the dad for what we can are being shown we're seeing that like you know the dad seems to love him the dad seems to accept him as his own son although I kind of and later on you kind of wonder the dad sort of always knows hey we we found this you know uh, we didn't get this kid from a regular adoption agency he came down in a spaceship and so speaking of the spaceship, before we get too far down, uh, then the dad's name is Kyle. They live uh, in Kansas, but very similar to uh, the comic books, the Superman comic books. It's a small farming community type thing. They live out on a big farm and they have a barn and out in this old barn uh, they is where they keep, kind of in a basement of the barn, is where they keep his uh, old spaceship and the spaceship isn't gigantic it's maybe the size of oh i don't know maybe like a uh, a couple of smart cars or something if you put them together and maybe a little bit longer than that or you know maybe something like a uh, oh i don't know maybe like a small like honda civic or something like that or you know anyway it's about that size so it's not this great big gigantic thing that they could never uh, hide or, or I guess be able to get there and you assume that they were able to get this stuff because they have farm equipment and all this other jazz anyway so they're able to hide that from him and they have never they've told him that he's adopted but they've never told them that he was from outer space and the mom you know is always like oh you're always my sweet boy and they play this little hide and seek game and so you see that he actually does have uh, you know a relatively good relationship with his parents i mean it's, it's typical it's not it's not the typical kind of hollywood thing where he is just a total jerk and you know hates his parents or anything um he is when we see him in school he is a little kind of nerdy um but he doesn't i and i think there's there's 
showing that he is sort of picked on a little bit. I think he is probably the smartest kid in that school. And his teacher is, they're, they're doing a little lesson, and the teacher is like, well, hey, uh, what, what's the difference between wasps and bees? And, of course, he's, and he, what he's doing is he's sitting there and he's drawing on his little, he's got this little notebook, and he draws these little things. It looks like if you took just a straight line and then you took uh, the letter B, but you made it very pointed, so they look like triangles. And then, uh, and you, and if you've seen the uh, any art, any artwork or any cover work of from the movie, you see that symbol. But basically, it looks like a a uh, a line, and, and then coming off of that thick line, you have two triangles on top that point out like the letter, you know, like the letter B. Um, and then it would be the opposite. So if you if you mirror image that B on the other side, but they look like they're made out of triangles. So anyway, uh, he's kind of off in his own little world. He's doing his little drawings and stuff. And the teacher is like, Brandon, you know, do you, you know what do you know about the difference? And, and he's like, oh, um, you know, uh, bees are pollinators and wasps are, are predators and then she's like oh, okay yeah that's very good and then he said and he's, and he's like oh and then then there also are certain species of wasp and what they do is they they basically uh, inject their young into another insect or put that their young into a, another insect's colony and then that colony like a bee colony can, might raise them or something and he's going on and of course other people other kids in the class there's a couple of kids in the class that kind of make fun of him and um, he doesn't really respond to him he just kind of looks at him but he's you know you can tell this is kind of maybe par for the course for him there is a little and at the time he is 11 years old he's about ready to turn 12 so his birthday is in the next day or so uh, there is a little girl at school that sits in front of him that's in his class so he would be what, like sixth grade, maybe I guess, if you're 12. Um, I don't think he would be junior high yet, because I think junior high you're usually 13 or so. But anyway, although yeah, he could. I, I guess technically he might be in seventh grade, like if they started him young or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, we know he's going to be 12 years old, so he's probably like sixth or seventh grade. The girl says to him, looks back, and she's like, oh, don't pay any attention to them. It's always the it's the smart guys that run the planet anyway. So what we get with that line, the, the line of him talking about how wasps will insert their young into a unsuspecting colony, and then also how she's like, oh, smart guys are going to run the planet, is a little bit of foreshadowing on what can happen. And he's, you can tell he's, he's kind of smitten with her. She's, a, you know, a cute little girl and everything. Uh, and I, she, I don't know. And again, I would have liked to have seen maybe, uh, this is a couple of parts where I, I would have liked to have seen them uh, expand on a little bit. And I thought maybe that they took a couple of little missteps. And I, and for me, it's, it's because of, uh, I wanted to see, more uh, of the turn so we know he's going to go bad but I wanted to see him sort of more as 
you know, he was kind of a good kid. And then, you know, could you say, oh, is this his nature when he turns or is it nurture? Is it what kind of happened around him? Is he constantly picked on? But his bullying wasn't too bad. And with and with the thing where the other kids were kind of making fun of him, you know, it wasn't, uh, it really wasn't like vicious bullying or anything like that. They were just kind of busting his balls a little bit, you know, so to speak. So, and, and there's another thing that when I think about it, that comes up a little bit later. And we'll get to that here in a second. So what happens is, is he, it shows him he's back at home. And I may have a, the chronological order of this off a little bit, but it shows him he's back home and he, uh, they're going to, they're saying good night to him. Oh, and another thing real quick before we do that. So I had mentioned earlier that what they do is they, that sometimes before he goes to school, he and his mom will pay like play, excuse me, a little bit of a hide and seek game and he'll try and jump out and scare a little bit. And they do a little whistling thing, like they'll, uh, they'll go like, and the other one will whistle, and then, then the mom will have to try and come and find him. So what they've told them to do is, oh, you need to kind of stay out of the barn because the barn is kind of old and it's rickety and it's got lots of rusty nails in there and everything, and we don't want you to get hurt. And of course, they tell him that, and it would seem feasible, but is so. But the real reason is, is they don't want him discovering the spaceship that's stashed under there, you know, because a little kid is going to explore, especially if he's a little bored, he's going to do all this other stuff. So anyway, um, the mom finds him in the barn and then uh, this is before he goes to school and the whole incident happens with they make fun of him a little bit. But and the dad's like, oh, hey, bud, you know, you got to stay out of there, this, that and the other thing. And he's like, yeah, OK, no, no big deal. So when he comes home that after that day of school, he, he goes to sleep and then all of a sudden you see that there's a glow in the, in the barn and all of a sudden he starts, he has basically sort of like a seizure and he is starting to speak in a different language, maybe in what we would think would be an alien language. And he's like, you know, Grublog, you know, Grog, you know, Macarto or you know, something like that. And uh, it kind of passes and then the next day he um, I think is his birthday and he they're like oh it's your birthday and blah 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 and they end up going to a diner and they meet up with the mother's sister and her husband and I don't I didn't recognize her but I recognized him uh, and he is, oh, he was the guy that played Badger on um, Breaking Bad. Uh, what was his name? Something, ah, uh, Jones or something like that. What? Matt Jones, that's his name. Anyway, his character is named Noah, and the sister, I believe, is named Mary Lee. Uh, the sister of... So this, so the, the, the Mary Lee is basically uh, Brendan's aunt, and or Brandon, not Brendan. And she works at his school, and she is the school kind of the guidance counselor, maybe slash uh, uh, 
you know, help you with your, with what classes you might want to take, but also maybe kind of as the school counselor. So she kind of fills a couple of roles there. Um, they are, and, and, uh, what his name is, the uncle's name is Noah. So they are at one of the local restaurants and it's going to be Brandon's birthday. And Noah gives him a present and he's like, Hey, this is what, you know, I took my first deer with and blah, blah, blah. And then the dad kind of gets this look on his face like what? And then Brandon opens up his thing and it's basically, it's like a, it's a 30, 30 rifle. Oh, probably a lever action. And his dad's like, no, no way. You know, he can't. And, and you see Brandon's real excited about it. And then you have to, you know, if, if we take a little step back of what's going on in the movie, Brandon's excitement would also be that probably where they live, there is a hunting culture. Um, guns are not really seen as, oh, this, you know, bad, evil, terrible thing evidenced and especially in this community hunting is probably seen as a rite of passage and I think he's probably been out with his dad before but just hasn't been able to have his own gun type thing which again this may be a little bit of that kind of Hollywood uh, mentality in that community by the time he was 12 for him to have his own rifle if he didn't have one would be probably a little odd especially if he has an interest he probably would have been out bird and rabbit and squirrel hunting with his dad or with his uncle probably from the time he was seven or eight. I know in, in my family, we were out shooting. And now, we had appropriate-sized shotguns and stuff. You know, if one was too big, like you'd get a little 410 or something like that that you could borrow or use. They may not necessarily be your particular gun, but getting that stuff is kind of a rite of passage. And I know some people might say, well, you know, they might have, uh, the dad might have been okay with a shotgun, but not a rifle. And in that, again, in that world, that's not going to happen. So anyway, and I know, and that's kind of one of my little pet peeves. But anyway, uh, again, we see why Brandon uh, is so excited about it. And then it doesn't make as much sense why his dad is like, no, he's, he's too young. He's still a child still. Uh, we talked about this. I didn't want this. And then, you know, Noah's like, well, you know, okay, hey man, sorry. And, and then Brandon's like, no, give it to me. And his dad's like, what? What'd you say to me? And again, this is something that, you know, probably doesn't happen very often. Like uh, Brandon is not like a smart mouth kid or anything like that. Um, he's pretty well behaved. And then you notice in the, in the diner that they're at, the TV starts flickering, the light starts flickering, and he's like, give it to me. And he slams his hand down on the table. And his dad is like, what? what? No. He's like, no, we're out of here. We're done. You know, we're not, you don't speak to me that way. You don't do this. You know, this is not appropriate behavior for you. But what we're actually seeing is, uh, and, and this we'll talk a little bit more, but this will probably be a good place for, uh, for us to stop as far as, uh, how the, how the rest of the journey is going to unfold for Brandon and, and how he, how he turns, you know, kind of from, we'll say maybe good slash normal into evil or into, uh, well, yeah, we just, I guess we'll just keep, 
into a, maybe a villain as opposed to a hero. Um, they end up, you know, taking him out, and then of course uh, the sisters like to her, "Oh, I'm so sorry, you know, we didn't mean to do it," and and you know, I think uh, uh, they're just like, "Ah, you know, he's getting older. He's going to start, you know, he's going to start feeling his or, or uh, wanting to spread his wings there a little bit type stuff." Um, and I can't remember. So they leave and they go back home and he's like, you know, go up to your room and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, uh, mom and mom and dad talk and they're kind of like, oh, you know what we should do is kind of make it up to him. And maybe we can go out camping this weekend or something. Uh, and I can't remember if this happens next or if this happens before. Um, there is a thing where he's out having to do some chores and... He uh, he's supposed to you know mow the lawn or do something like that, and he's out there and he's trying to get the lawn mower to start. Won't start. Won't start. Won't start. He's getting a little upset, and he goes and really yanks on the uh, on the pole starter, and uh, he ends up you know kind of throwing the lawn mower. Oh, I'd say what about a hundred yards away. And of course, when he pulled the cord this time, it started, and it and he goes up to it, and it's laying on upside down, so the blade is spinning. He sees it. He walks up to it, and he's just looking at it. And why he would do his put his hand down, but he puts his hand down, and I think he saw this in the trailer, so this uh, wouldn't be a big spoiler. But he puts his hand down, and it just stops. And of course, the blade, you know, it's like it hit a giant thing of uh, concrete or something like that. So anyway, um, and like I said, I, I can't remember if that happens before, but we'll end it kind of with this one last thing and then we'll get into the spoiler territory. He keeps the, uh, the uh, spaceship keeps kind of contacting him and it, it is, it's forming a, um, a telepathic bond with him. It's communicating with him telepathically. And it is starting to uh, kind of affect him uh, to where he'll, uh, at one point, he, the mom catches him. I guess this will be the last thing because I'm not exactly sure where it is. But the mom catches him and he's, he's sleepwalking. She finds him in the barn. She brings him back inside uh, because she's noticing that the, the, there was lights from the spaceship. Um, she brings him back inside, but she doesn't tell the dad. And this is an important thing here that she doesn't tell Kyle about where she found uh, Brandon. She, because he, he sees her putting him to bed. He's like, well, it's super late. What's going on? He was like, oh, he was sleepwalking. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, where was he? And he was like, oh, he was just, you know, down around here. So she keeps that from him because I think she she sort of knows he'd, he'd maybe freak out or, you know, maybe wouldn't react correct. So anyway, this will be a good place for us to stop. So I think it's, it's given us a lot of uh, background um, and kind of has put us in place of, of uh, where all the characters are. They're really, even with the kids that kind of, and we'll, we'll, we'll say bully him, but more, they're more like just teasing him. 
Um, you don't really see Brandon looking at these guys with hatred. You don't see them really ever pushing him around or anything like that or, you know, smacking his tray out of his hand during lunch. So uh, I, th- I think it's probably just maybe teasing that would happen. Um, so what I'll do is I will, uh, I would definitely recommend this movie. I will go ahead and uh, if, drop in some music. So if you ever come across this movie as a red box or you it comes on uh, uh, Netflix or you know who knows whether Disney streaming eventually will gobble everything up. But uh, if it comes on to that, um, you know, go ahead and check it out. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted here. I'm having to. Uh, make some moves here in traffic um, go ahead and check it out I think you'll enjoy it, uh, it and, and go into it again it is a comic book movie so alright we'll go ahead and I'll drop in some music and then we will proceed with some spoilers All right, my friends, my monkeys, I am back. We are back, and we're going to talk about some spoilers for old Brightburn. So it's at this point. Uh, so again, if you're if you're uh, maybe weren't paying attention too much, got a little distracted, and you find yourself here, we are going to go into spoilers. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, go ahead, shut this off, come back to it after you've uh, after you've had a chance to watch the movie. So it is at this point that we see that the movie is starting to, it's going to take a turn. And it's, we're starting to see that Brandon, something is different in him than from before. Uh, And he is changing. And it's not, and we as the audience know, it's not that uh, he's just, you know, going to maybe hit puberty and, uh, you know, he's going to push back against kind of his father, just, you know, just like normal kids do. You know, they are going to push back and usually um, the pushback comes a little harder on the parent that you're the same sex as. So sons will usually push back a little harder on fathers. Daughters will usually push back a little harder on uh, mothers so the parents are chalking a bunch of this stuff up as oh he's just getting older they find in his room and then they think it's kind of funny but they find like uh, oh some like Victoria's Secrets like lingerie pictures and then the dad's like what is this his porn stash or something and she's like yeah I guess and and then they also find like some anatomy, uh, like human anatomy drawings, like dissection type things. They're not actual, from what I remember, they're not actually photos. They are just uh, like an anatomy book. They're just like drawings, like uh, anatomical drawings. And um, he, uh, the, the mom and dad are like, well, that's kind of weird. He's like, oh, He's like, she's basically saying, look, this isn't his, you know, 
his porn stash, the, the anatomy drawings aren't that. It's, he's, he's just a curious kid. They know he's super smart. Uh, and, and this is one thing that I like that the movie doesn't do is that they don't, um, they don't beat it over the head that this, that he is super, super smart. Um, now I know before I said, Oh, I'd like to see that. I thought they did a few missteps. I'd like to see them develop some stuff a little bit more, uh, maybe kind of what his school life is. Uh, but and we'll we'll get into maybe kind of what I would like to see changed. Maybe a little maybe a little bit later in the review we'll do that. Maybe that's a little bit better place for that to go, and we can kind of circle back and talk about some things. So uh, it's at this point too that they've you know they've planned this camping trip. They're all going to go as a family, and she's like, "Oh, maybe it's time for you to have the talk with him." And he's like, "The talk," and. Uh, She's like, oh, and he's like, oh, okay. And so they are going to go out there and uh, the road may get a little rough. So I, I uh, where I'm going, um, I may, if it gets too rough, I may call this the part of the, of the uh, episode to a close this section. So anyway. They end up going out camping. The dad has their, and they're out hunting. The dad is with them. The dad's got his, got a rifle and everything. And he's, Brandon's out with them. And, you know, he's looking around and stuff. I don't know if they're hunting deer or if they're just sort of out with a rifle. And if they, you know, can get a rabbit or something like that, they will. Uh, but anyway, the dad's like, hey, man, you know, I know you're getting older. And I know things are going to be changing for you. And I know you're going to be noticing girls and, you know, I'm just I'm here to tell you that's cool. It's it's fine if you notice girls and and basically what he kind of fumbles around and tells him and he says like and if you have these urges, it's okay to act on them. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, you know, you know, if you want to touch your penis, you can, you know. And he's you know he's he's struggling with with um, with trying to uh, to explain stuff to him. And I think in his head, he, the dad's head, he's like, oh, you know, okay, this is fine. He understands, you know, that he can jerk off if he wants to and nobody's going to think anything about it. But in Brandon's head, you can see that he's kind of like, oh, I can, you see that he's, he's, he's getting a different maybe type of interpretation of, Oh, if I like somebody, I can just go up and, you know, maybe grab them or kiss them or do whatever. Now, we don't really ever see that. But in a little bit, we see that there are some boundaries that he crosses that normally uh, a normal kid probably wouldn't. So uh, I am arriving here at the at the gun range. Hopefully it's not going to be too crowded. I do see a few trucks here. But we may hear some bang bangs here in a second. So you know what? Um, let me go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna stop here because I'm at the range and I want to go ahead and get some shooting in. So I'll uh, I'll jump back with you guys here in a second. All right, I am back. It's been about an hour or so, maybe hour and a half. Had some good, uh, productive time at the gun range. I uh, and I'll talk maybe a little bit more about this on Firearms Cafe. But I was able to 
get some uh, problems that I was having with light primer strikes and uh, it not maybe cycling. I have a PCC, which is a pistol, pistol caliber carbine. There we go. But I was able to sort of get some of the stuff resolved and was able to fix them. And like I said, I'll talk a little bit more about that over on Firearms Cafe. So join me over there and you can hear the tale of the pistol caliber carbine. All right, so jumping back into the movie, I think we had left off with that they were going to go out camping and uh, and as a family. So the three of them were going to go. Dad had had kind of the messed up sex talk where he didn't really you know do as well as he probably could have. So Brandon takes this as uh, we know that the little girl that had kind of come to his defense in class, he has kind of a crush on her. And he's also during this time where he's ex- he's discovering and, uh, and experiencing a lot of his new powers, for lack of a better term. And they are probably around, oh, I'd say about maybe 30 miles or so. I think the dad says, mentions it later that they were about 30 miles away from town. And if he can fly or maybe he can run really fast or maybe he can jump we're not really shown how he gets there Uh, i got some stuff coming up here i don't know if you guys can pick up that road noise i'm uh, going kind of from one freeway to the other type deal so anyway he goes and goes to the girl's house and what he does is she lives on the second story of their home and her mother is actually a woman named Erica who is a waitress at the local diner and you have to remember too that everybody in this town sort you know it's a small town everybody basically knows everybody nobody's really a stranger maybe you're not you know best friends with everyone but you pretty much know who everybody is I when I was younger I lived in some small towns and you kind of uh, depending on how small the town is, one of them uh, was so small where you pretty much knew every kid in school, uh, you know, because the school was so small. Uh, anyway, let's let's jump back onto the movie. So he goes to her house. He goes into her room, and he she's asleep, and he plays some uh, music on her her laptop, and. This is another one of those deals where if, if you're not paying attention or you're, you're um, maybe not aware of it, like the, as the movie went on, I became more aware of it because he can control electronics. That's sort of one of his powers. It's a little bit different than Superman's, but it's one of those things where we're seeing that he has an effect on electronics. So what he's able to do is he's able to play the song that he wants so he the song the music is playing she gets up she turns it off she turns around gets ready to go back to bed the music plays again she goes up places the uh places the laptop down you know closes it i think and i can't remember if it happens a third time and then she actually puts some books on it she's getting kind of freaked out as she's turning to walk back to go back to bed she notices that there's somebody behind the the curtains 
and the window is open and the breeze kind of blows by and it's revealed that it's that it's uh, Brandon and of course she like Wah! she freaks out she screams she calls for her mom her mom comes running in there she's like what and she was like it was Brandon it was Brandon he was in the window and we cut to at the same time his parents are looking for him the mom has woken up he's not in the tent she is thinking like oh my gosh what's you know has he has he gone off and sleepwalked again and that's what the dad is sure i'm sure is thinking too and then they're yelling for him brandon brandon where are you where are you and then he like of course he just shows up and he's like what i was just i went to go pee and they're like oh you know my special boy think you know blah 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 so they end up going back you know and that's kind of the end of that they end up going back uh home he's at school the next day and they're doing what they call a uh, trust circle and they are uh, it's a PE class and what that is is you have a kid who is in the middle and he kind of falls back and the other kids that are circling him will sort of push him up and so you have one kid that's doing it and they're all laughing and you know goofing around and then it becomes Brandon's turn well of course the girl doesn't know all she knows and she's looking at Brandon like you fuck you know you're a freak you're a weirdo you know you came into my bedroom you did all this weird stuff and he's you know he doesn't it's almost like he's forgotten the whole thing he's you know getting bounced around a little bit and then it comes up to her and I think oh what is her name is like is it Candace or something like that um I think that's the little girl's name. Maybe not. Uh, I guess Caitlin. That's it. Um, she's look again, and and he kind of falls back towards her, and she just steps aside. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. She doesn't want to touch him. Um, he falls to the ground, and then like another kid kind of laughs at him, is like, you know, ha ha. It looks like you could trust that ground or something like that. Again, it's more. It's really not bullying. They're probably, if any other kid would have fallen, that, you know, this kid who's always kind of, you know, running his mouth a little bit probably would have said the same thing, you know. Uh, so I don't really see it as bullying. More it's just they're kind of just, you know, kind of busting his balls and teasing him a little bit. Uh, so the PE coach is like, you know, Caitlin, you got to, you know, you're supposed to do this you gotta you know help him up you know give him your hand help she's like no he's a pervert and then all the other kids laugh now of course they don't know what she's talking about but you know they think maybe he was like she probably call it you know caught him peeping at her or something and again they don't really go into details but he's like you know the PE teacher's like you know you pick him up this is part of the class you do it or you will fail the class for today or whatever so she reluctantly shakes her hand or gives her hand he goes and you know he's got his hand extended he's getting madder and madder because of all the stuff she's saying and because the other kids are kind of laughing at him a little bit he goes to take her hand and he gets it and then he starts squeezing it squeezing it squeezing it and basically he breaks her hand and they kind of show you know the which was kind of neat they kind of show like the fingers and stuff getting kind of crunched um, and she screams and then it flashes to the next scene where you've got and Caitlin is the daughter of Erica who's the waitress she is in the principal's office the sheriff is there um, the uh, 
uh, uh, Brandon's mom and dad are there uh, and you've got this I think the school counselor is there too who is of course uh, Brandon's aunt um, and her name is Mary Lee so and this is where I think the movie took a little bit of a misstep the mom of the daughter is just like on fire now I don't know if there's supposed to be a dad in the picture, but you would think that the mom would have gone with the kid to the hospital, that she wouldn't be there. Um, but, for, you know, for the purpose of, of relating the story, you sort of need to have this confrontation. Now, the mom is on fire. She is mad as hell. Erica is mad, 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 and she wants the sheriff to arrest Brandon, and he's like, and then they're just like, no, you know, kind of kids will be kids, or he didn't really mean to, and I guess he said it was an accident, you know, maybe he was, uh, you know, I don't know how, how they played it off, but for him basically breaking two of her fingers, I thought that they were, uh, they were taking it pretty easy on him, in, in the modern day and age, and this is supposed to take place, I, I think it's supposed to, it's not supposed to take place like in 1975 or something like that, you know, because there's laptops and cell phones and all this other stuff. So it's supposed to take place in, at anything, maybe, you know, 2016 or 17. The movie was released, I think, in 2019. So maybe it's supposed to take place in even 2018, something like that. Uh, you know, everybody has modern cell phones and everything. So, I, what they were saying is, oh, we're gonna we're gonna look into it. We're gonna you know have him do the counseling. We're gonna have him talk to school counselor. There's, and she's like, yeah, well, that's. Well, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of progress there. His aunt is the school counselor, and then she's and then she says to uh, Tori, who's the mother of Brandon. She's like, you don't even know who this person's mother is, and she's like, I'm his real mother, and she's. She's like, you know what I meant. She's like, I know exactly what you meant. So they kind of have this thing, and they get up, and they take Brandon back. They, they're they mad at him, but then they're not really kind of understanding what's going on. The dad is kind of, he's seeing more red flags than the mom is. The mom is, is sort of in denial still, as most parents a lot of times would be. Um, and I get a little confused on the chronology here. Um, they, I can't remember. I think what happens is at this point is they're kind of grounding him. They're trying to figure out, you know, what to do. Um, they're trying to sort of push back on Brandon a little bit. At one point, he, and he's kind of smarting off to him because he is basically, in his mind, he is like, "Well, I'm, I'm kind of superior." Um, I think at one point he shoves, he gets in an argument with his dad, and again, the chronology of this isn't going to be that important. At one point, he gets mad at his dad. His dad is trying to force him to go. And he just shoves his dad back like his dad is nothing. And his dad is a big dude. His dad's probably 
six three or so. I would say he probably weighs two forty five. You know, he's a big guy. Um, the guy that plays Noah, the uh, the guy Badger from Breaking Bad, um, Matt Jones. I think he's six three or six four. Uh, kind of a more of a kind of a, a, a lean, rangy guy, but the dad doesn't look small next to him. So again, I that's why I think. I mean, I could be wrong on the heights and stuff, but you know, I think the the dad's a big dude. He just kind of shoves him back like he's like he's a a bag of like he's a pillow basically is what we're supposed to feel. So. Um, Later, the um, the mom is, is kind of making a suggestion of maybe you and him just need to go. Maybe, you know, you guys need to go and uh, have some alone time out in the woods or something like that, you know, camping and, and let him know that you, he knows I love him, but you got to let him know that he loves you. And even if he's going through a hard time, we're not going to just abandon him. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what to do, but, I, you know, I, I, I can do that at least. And uh, So they kind of resolved to try and, you know, maybe patch some of this rough spot up that they're going with. Now, before they're going to go on this trip, um, he, Brandon has to go and sit with Mary Lee, who is his aunt. And he is, she's sitting there telling him, you know, normally because we're family, you wouldn't be seeing me, but I'm pretty much the only person the school has and this district has right now. So I'm going to be, I'm letting you know up front and being honest with you, I'm going to be professional and I'm going to do my job. And And part of that means I can't really, even if I would want to, I can't really cut you any breaks. And he's like, oh, okay. And so in in talking with him, basically she's like, well, you know, the sheriff wants to know what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And and then he's kind of like, well, you're not going to tell the sheriff, are you? And then she kind of switches tacks a little bit and says, well, you know, let me ask you this. Do you feel any sort of remorse or sadness for what you did or for the pain that you caused her? And he's kind of like, you know, well, no, I'm superior. And then she, and then this is where I thought, uh, again, this was in more in service of the plot. She kind of, not necessarily reads him the riot act, but is like, you know, look, Brandon, I got to do my job and I got to tell the sheriff and I'm going to, you know, tell on you and all this other stuff where I think a, a, a regular counselor probably would have said, wouldn't have said, I'm going to report everything basically you say back to the sheriff and you're saying you're not sorry. You're saying you don't have any remorse. And this is, this is going to be really bad for you is basically what she tells him. And I thought that probably... Um, Again, that was a little bit of a misstep in the movie, and again, it, it serves to just move the plot forward because she basically, he's like, well, you're not going to tell anybody, and she's like, well, I have to, and blah blah blah, and so cut to a little later, um, the dad and uh, Noah, so his, you know, his brother-in-law, 
so Brandon's uncle and some friends are at a bar. They're playing pool and blah, blah, blah. It's later in the evening. Uh, his Brandon's aunt, Mary Lee, is home. And, you know, they're texting back and forth, uh, her and her husband, so her and Noah. And she's basically saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to turn off the phone and, and I'll see you when you get home. And he, uh, Brandon then goes to her house and he's like, he knocks on the door and she's like, well, what are you, Brandon, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, you can't, you know, I can't, you can't tell anybody, you know, that I'm basically a bad person. I, I can't allow that to happen type deal. And she's like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? She's like, I've got to do. And then again, here, I think she probably could have deflected and just said, oh, okay. You know, well, you know, I'm just trying to help you and just sort of deflect it. But she again is like, you know, I'm going to do my job and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you got to go. This is inappropriate. And then he, you know, puts his little uh, mask on which is he's using old red blanket and he's also, you know, cut out some holes for eyes and he's kind of strapped it together with a shoelace. It looks, it's kind of neat looking. It makes him kind of look a little bit insect-like. Um, but it is kind of neat looking. So anyway, uh, his uncle finds his way home. I think the aunt has gone to sleep. Um, and the uncle comes up and he's getting ready to go to bed and he's like sees Brandon in his closet with his little cape and his little mask on and instead of being scared he's like Brandon is that you and he just yanks the mask off of his head and he's like what are you you know like what the hell are you doing in here come on we gotta go I'm gonna take you home right now you can't you know you can't be in here and he's gonna drive him home and he's like Brandon's like are you gonna tell me you're not gonna tell my parents are are you and course you know uncle noah is like well you know you're going to be lucky if that's all i do because to him brandon is still just a 12 year old little boy uh, he doesn't have any idea that you know he's he's super strong and he can break chains and do all this other stuff um so he goes to is going to drive brandon back home and then Brandon, I think, I can't remember how, but somehow he gets out of the vehicle. Um, and then he starts coming after after Noah. Or I think he runs off before they're even driving. I can't remember exactly, like I said. Anyway, it's not that important. The important part of it is, is he's got his little suit and he is chasing after the uncle and the uncle now is kind of realizing like oh no something really bad is going on here uh, he sees him flying sees him levitating off the ground eventually Brandon picks up the uh, picks up his it's like a blazer or something like an old like Ford Bronco or a Chevy blazer or something like that picks it up picks it up all the way off the ground and then drops it you know from maybe a, a height of like 20 feet well this causes poor old Uncle Noah to crash up against the uh, steering wheel and it basically just almost rips his jaw completely off 
and then Brandon comes up, you know, and, and uh, the thing falls over, and he's like holding his, you know, trying to hold his jaw closed, and basically Brandon kills him. And by doing this, what he is sort of figuring is, well, the heat will be off of me because Marilee's going to be so upset about uh, her uncle Noah dying that. The attention will go away from me, and uh, and that's kind of what is happening. Um, meanwhile, at some point, I can't remember when Brandon goes back to. Uh, I think he goes back to his house. He's um, he's out walking around. He basically and, his, and he's taking his shirt off because the shirt is covered in his uncle's blood. He, um, his parents see him come in and they're like, well, where were you? We were looking for you. And he was like, oh, I went to, you know, go play kickball or basketball or something with these other kids. And they started making fun of me and they pushed me down and my shirt got all dirty. And, you know, I was going to, I just wanted to walk home and blah, blah, blah. I just want to go to my room. They're like, all right. Well, later that day they find out that, you know, they get the call that, um, Noah's body is found. They think that he had been drinking at a bar and swerved. And, of course, the dad feels bad because earlier... Well, I don't know how important it is. But anyway, earlier, they, you know, um, he had offered to drive Noah home. And Noah was like, look, Mommy, I don't need to drive her. I'm fine. And he was. You know, he made it back home. Um, and, of course, the uh, Mary Lee, the the, uh, the aunt, blames the dad. And it was like, your fault. You should have driven him home. You shouldn't have let him drive if he has been drinking. Later, Brandon sneaks off. He goes to the girl's room. She is in her room like in a cast. He shows up again. Uh, He's got flowers, and she's like, you know, you can't, you know, what are you doing? She's really, really scared. She's like, you're not going to hurt me again. And he's like, no, I brought you these flowers. And so you see the way that his mind works is it's not like a normal kid would be. And again, he's... I, I took a lot of this stuff to be that when the ship is communicating with him, it's flipping certain switches in his head, and it's also flipping other switches that are turning certain emotions off. Um, it's sort of leaving him emotions of maybe like anger and things like that, but uh, things like compassion, empathy, some of those things are going away. So it's uh, that's kind of how I took it. I think had the ship not been there or had the ship been away or been destroyed, I don't think he may have manifested some of these powers, but uh, he... I don't think he, I think he would have had a better chance of being kind of a quote-unquote normal person than maybe being like a regular, you know, Superman type thing. So, anyway... She's like, well, my, you know, and she just says kind of like the only thing she can think of. Well, my mom says I'm I'm not allowed to see you. And he's like, well, I'm superior and you'll see if, you know, if if you'll understand. And then he's like, she tells him, my mom won't let me see you. He's like, well, okay, I'll take care of that. And then he leaves. He then goes to the restaurant. uh, And that's part of the thing you see from the trailer where she ends up 
he controls the lights, makes all the lights shatter. She gets in kind of like some eyeball horror. She gets a shard of uh, glass in her eye. She ends up taking it out, you know, having to pull the thing out. Uh, she's at the restaurant all alone because it's closing. She's closing up. Uh, he's kind of terror- terrorizing her. She ends up running back into the meat locker. He uses his heat vision or his laser vision, whatever you want to call it. Burns open the door and kills her. Uh, and it's one of these things where he's not... He draws his little symbol, that little B symbol, all over the place. And he leaves that. He's drill, drawn that all over the... Um, all over the windows, you know, with the mist and everything. And the sheriff, when he comes, excuse me, the sheriff comes in to investigate, he finds, he breathes, sees something on like a, on a pane of glass that's on one of the, like vending machines or a jukebox or a little thing where you like a little claw machine, something like that. So he breathes on it and he notices, oh, this is the same symbol weird and he but he makes a connection a little later that when Brandon had killed uh, his uncle when he killed Noah he also in his blood drew that symbol on the ground and of course they take pictures of it and stuff so when the sheriff is going through later the case files he's like oh I've seen this before this is familiar Uh, because it's out of place and it's like the kid can't stop himself from marking everything Uh, so the mom is dead. You know, basically, he's solving any of his problems just by killing anybody that gets in his way. Um, when Brandon is gone, I think at school or something the next day, the dad is going through. Oh no, the, the Brandon is back. The dad goes through the room when Brandon is taking a shower, and I think with the the timeline of it I think it's like he comes home hides the stuff and then later is taking a shower the dad goes up and is checking stuff out because the dad the dad's got all these different suspicions about what's going on and what's happening um, especially later they tell they tell Brandon oh your uncle is dead you know we had to go to the hospital um, and he's like oh okay you know and then it's like basically they're telling him Oh yeah, you know, a piece of your cereal dropped on the ground, and you know, he's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, okay, well he's gone. You know, what do you expect me to do about it, type thing. Um, and then that's, I, and I think actually that's when he and, and Brandon maybe get in a fight or something. I can't remember. Um, I should have actually taken notes, but again, the chronology up until the very end really isn't all that important. Um, at one point, the dad does go up and he's searching. Brandon's room, Brandon's room when he's in the shower and he finds the old bloody shirt and he's like oh you know he killed no one and then the mom is like you know they're arguing about it later you know and Brandon comes in when the dad's in the room and he's like hey bud you know I was just you know wanting to say I, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at you in fact that's what happened is the night before Brandon came home went up to his room Later, when they tell him that the uncle is dead that morning, Brandon's like, you know, like, eh, so what? Um, and the dad's yelling at him, and that's when he pushes the dad. The dad goes up later after Brandon, when Brandon's in the shower, is looking through the room, finds the shirt, hides the shirt when Brandon comes in behind his back. 
and he was like hey you know i just wanted to tell you i was sorry and then the mom later the mom is like and he he brings his concerns to the mother uh which is tori and he's like look you know we I, I think Brandon is doing this stuff. You know, um, there was the scene also from the trailer where he was like crunching the fork. And so the dad is seeing stuff like, oh, he's exhibiting things that aren't normal um, and that normal people can't do. Uh, so when he brings his concerns to his wife, you know, the mother, She's like, you know, what are you out of your mind? He's a 12-year-old little boy. He can't do these things. Just because he's having some problems doesn't mean he's this. You know, he's just a boy. And he's like, you know, we don't know what he is. And this was a really good line that I liked, and I liked the delivery. He basically goes, we don't know what he is. He is some thing that we found out in the woods and brought home. Um, and basically, you know, they kind of are having the big to do and later she convinces him take him out to the woods go hunting with him do whatever you know spend some time with him so they end up going out um, the mom while they're out in the woods the mom goes through some of his notebooks and stuff and one and uh, sees all these drawings and sees the drawings and what what he has done is he has drawn out what's been going on with him. He drew out where Erica, the waitress, uh, Caitlin's mother, he drew the scene of her basically uh, having uh, on her knees and, you know, getting killed. He drew the death scene of Noah, you know, all this stuff that he wouldn't have known about, you know, and then she realizes, oh, shit, um, he's you know he is doing this stuff he is something that's different and also previously what had happened was there was another part where he had gone back to the barn the ship was calling him out there he goes back they have it chained up in the cellar he basically just breaks the chain the chains apart he goes down in there she uh, sees him looking that he's like in this trance when he's getting ready to discover the ship. She's in there and I think somehow he falls or she's shaking him or something like that. Anyway, he falls and he hits the, um, like the side of the ship that has a little bit of jagged metal from the crash and it actually cuts his hand. And then we've known from previous stuff that when the dad was fighting with the mom about like, we don't know what this, you know, what this kid is. We don't know, you know, what this thing is. One of the things that he had talked about was, you know, he's never been sick. He's never been cut. He's never been bruised, you know, and that's why he was saying, we don't know what this thing is. She realizes that the ship, for whatever reason, can cut him. And maybe in her head, I don't know if she if she's like, oh, maybe he was just lucky his whole life. But yeah, he is, you know, he has, has been cut here. Um. Meanwhile, let's we'll jump flash we'll we'll flash forward a little bit and they are out in the woods. Brandon is kind of looking for some deer tracks and he's saying like, "Oh, look, here's a couple of deer tracks. There's two of them." And again, we don't know and I would have maybe liked to have seen 
a scene before where he's like it's hard for him to figure out the tracks it's hard for him to do it but now we see with his new powers it's like he can read it just like you would you know a road map or if somebody actually drew it he can say oh you know here's he goes fact he goes here's some deer these are deer tracks there's in fact there's two of them and he's up ahead of his dad and his dad at this point realizes that the kid is um, basically the kid's a monster and he is behind him maybe I don't know 30 40 feet something like that and he raises up his gun and you think oh he's not going to do it but blammo he shoots him right in the back of the head and you see that all you see is basically is his hair just kind of gets lifted up and you know he Brandon whips around real quick and he's got his hand so you know he felt it and maybe even it it might have even hurt him a little but it didn't even break the skin probably didn't even bruise him uh, and he turns around and then the, the dad's like oh oh I'm sorry and he goes to like load in another round and then the kid basically uh, in, ends up killing his dad um, the mom at this point has found his his sketchbook like I said before she ends up calling the dad saying like oh my god oh my god you were right you were right we've got to do something Brandon picks up the phone and she's and he's like hi mom or something like that and she's like where's your dad and he's like he's gone she's like what do you mean and he's like you know what I mean he's gone uh, at this point he's gone kind of full on sort of monster he basically flies back home is going after his mother um, she's kind of running he's blasting through the house like literally flying through the house in and out um he, the mom is running through the house. She's called the cops. The cops end up showing up to his house. Uh, they had been there previously before, and the mom had kind of, you know, said, "Now get out of here to the sheriff," because the sheriff was asking about the, the symbol. And he's like, "Oh, these look like two bees. Could be, you know, Brandon Breyer." And she's like, "Hey, get out of here, you, you no good Nick." So anyway, the sheriff and uh, a deputy show up. And the sheriff is approaching the house, coming up to the porch. Brandon flies like super, super fast, and he can—he's got super speed, all this other stuff, you know, uh, enhanced strength, uh, almost, you know, what you would call invulnerability. He's bulletproof. He, you know, uh, he can blast through houses. He can blast through stuff without a scratch. He flies at the sheriff and hits the sheriff so fast that he basically literally pulverizes him. Um, the female deputy is running through the house like, you know, send back up, send back up. You know, you got to he's here. It's him. He basically goes through, catches her, picks her up, smashes her uh, basically to pieces, kind of, and uh, ends up killing her. The mom makes it out to the barn. She kind of realizes, oh, wait a minute, the ship can hurt him. You know, the ship was able to cut him. She runs out to the barn, goes down there, um, gets a shard of metal, you know, kind of like knife size, like dagger size that she's got. And she's going to basically, you know, I guess kill him. 
he starts playing as he's looking for he starts whistling they're doing that hide and seek game she's like oh you found me my special boy and blah 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 and you're always special I know there's good in you I know you know we can we can get beyond all this stuff and she you know like everybody else should have done to him instead of confronting him basically just tells him uh, what he wants to hear she's giving him a hug she's got her arm behind him uh, she goes up and raises up the the uh, shard of the piece of the metal getting ready to stab him as she comes down he just reaches up his hand and stops her and uh, then he and so they're inside the barn he just zoom just zooms up blasts right through the top of the barn and one thing that I thought was really good that they did with the special effects now there's a lot of gore in this movie but one thing I really like that they did with the special effect is when he blasts through the barn, of course, there's not a scratch on him, but his mother, um, her whole head has been like lacerated um, because she, and her face has been torn up a little bit, you know, from blasting through the barn because it's not that he had her below him. He's, he's holding her out in front. So when they go up, it would be like if somebody shoved you through a roof, you know, you're going to get cut up. He flies her super, super high up. Uh, they're up in the clouds. Um, I think at this point she probably realizes you know, he's going to kill me. She doesn't maybe know how. Uh, maybe she thinks he's going to you know, fly her up high and, and, and she'll suffocate from lack of oxygen. But she, even, even with all this stuff, she is looking at him and she still sees him as... You know, that little baby that she's raised and taken care of all her whole life. She sees the little boy that he still is, you know, even though he has all this power. And uh, she reaches out and touches his face and kind of smiles sadly at him. And he's just sort of looking at her. And then he just lets her, you know, he lets go of her. And she drops and falls and uh, she basically falls to her death. At that point, I think um, the police the police come. Um, they see him as a maybe as a survivor. I'm not. I can't remember exactly how the the news spins it. Uh, but he's out there, and they're giving him like a you know they've got a blanket around, and they're giving him a cookie, and the news thing is saying, oh, you know, the sole survivor. Of you know such and such that happened is uh, you know Brandon Breyer and there's there's uh, you know been all these murders and all this other stuff that's going on and you know he was fortunate enough to survive and then we kind of get the end credits and then as the end credits roll what happens is we see they're they're calling this thing Brightburn because he's he's masked and he's got a cape he goes and he destroys the courthouse by flying through it. He's doing some other things where he is using his heat vision to burn stuff up and to leave his symbol. Um, oh, that's what he does. That's what he does. Uh, he, when, when he drops his mom, they're probably, uh, again, she's probably, well, they're whatever height a plane would be. 
So is that, what, 30, 35,000 feet up in the air? Maybe they're a little bit lower, but let's say it's at least 30, 35,000 feet. He sees a plane approaching him. After he's dropped his mom, he looks at it, and then he's like, oh, okay. And basically, he, fl- he flies through the plane, p- causes the plane to crash, and I think leads the plane down to his house. So that's what how they said, you know, there's all been all this tragedy. tragedy. Luckily, you know, he was out in the barn or something, or he was off. And, uh, you know, but his parents were killed. Um, and then that's when we get the end credits where he goes through and destroys the courthouse, destroys some other things. And then you have Michael Rooker, who a lot of you guys would know from Squirm or from Walking Dead or Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He was also in, he was a blue dude in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, He plays kind of like a conspiracy theorist type dude. Similar, maybe to uh, an Alex, maybe an Alex Jones type is maybe who they would have maybe based this guy off of. But what he's talking about is there's and they have video footage of Brandon flying through. They don't know it's him yet, uh, but they're calling him Brightburn because that's where all this stuff originated from. So he, uh, the Michael Rooker guy, is like, man, there's all this weird stuff. You know, what is this thing that's happening? Uh, there is also this witch woman who has this lasso and can work magic. There is a, a half-man, half-sea creature that is destroying ships in the South China Sea. And then there was a couple other things, like uh, just these little blurbs that he has on a split-screen type thing with him where you, don't, where you can't really make out what he's doing. But what he's describing is you, you have sort of the anti-Justice League. So... The sea creature is like an Aquaman guy. Brandon is obviously Superman. And then the witch woman with the magic lasso is, uh, who's strangling everybody with it, is Wonder Woman. And then you have a guy who looks like he was maybe in a red thing, and that could have been maybe the Flash. And uh, you have another guy that looks like a a creature with... um, like claws for hands and maybe that could be somebody like a Batman or something like that or it could have been something uh, maybe like a uh, uh, the Martian Manhunter you know more of an alien another alien type creature that's coming in and basically what he does is he's saying you know he's, he's sounding the warning and he's saying you know we've got to do something about it or these things are going to you know eat our lunch and they're going to you know they're going to basically rule the planet so and that's pretty much how it ends. So, um, I, I know I talked a little bit about, and, and the, I know the show is going to be a long one today, but oh well. Some, you know, I haven't done one of these in a long time, so hopefully I wasn't too rambling and too scatterbrained. And like I said, the uh, the major spoilers were more in who was dying, how they died, uh, that type of thing, and not whether he was going to do that whether he was ever going to be evil because we basically always knew that he was going to be evil so uh, I'm having to make a couple of quick turns here and then I will um, get back to narrating so I I talked about that there were some things where I would have liked to have seen some things done a little bit differently Uh, I talked about how 
I, I maybe would have liked to have seen him had a little bit more of a relationship maybe with that girl. And in some ways, I would have liked to have seen him been a little bit older. But again, it doesn't, that kind of maybe takes away a little bit of the idea of this is a 12-year-old kid that's doing this stuff. I would have maybe liked to see him be, you know, maybe 14 or 15 to where he is more infatuated with the girl uh, and and maybe... uh, had the thing too with with uh, Caitlin, the little the girl at his school, maybe had it to where they were a little bit closer, or she kind of, you know, stuck up for him a little bit, or kind of liked him. But then when he starts to do some of this creepy shit, she's like, "Oh, I can't, you know, I can't have this. You're too, it's 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 too much, you know. You've uh, you." I, I thought maybe you were just a little odd, but you're really, you know, you're really kind of going beyond the pale on stuff. Uh, and then maybe even have it to where he doesn't flat out admit that he killed her mom, but that he said, oh, I took care of it. You know, he, he intimates a lot of that stuff. Uh, again, I would have liked to have seen maybe if... Uh, that he had a couple of good friends at school to where he wasn't totally isolated to where, you know, and, and beyond the little Caitlin girl that he maybe, maybe you could still have them tease him, but they're his friends and they're teasing him, you know, but and you can tell that they're his friends. But what you kind of see with Brandon throughout the movies, he doesn't really have anybody. And so, uh, again, another thing, if I could go in and sort of doctor up the script a little bit, would have been to make it to where he he especially at first really is struggling with you know should I do this should I not and then as time goes on and as he gets more and more exposure from the ship you see that his empathy and and uh, his other what we would call you know human emotions are being sort of you know uh, those switches are being sort of clicked off. So those are being supplanted and suppressed in them. Uh, and you see the other stuff of anger and the second he doesn't get his way, uh, he destroys stuff. Uh, you know, maybe make it to where somebody got something that, you know, a, a toy or a present or, you know, a rifle that he wanted and he just, and then he just just takes it from the other kid or destroys it or something. You know, I don't know. Um, again, there were certain things that I would have liked to have seen just where you see more of a struggle of it. And so it makes it to where you, you can see from the mom's point of view of, well, there's still good in him. He's not like this, you know, evil automaton because it seemed that's kind of what he became. Uh, and again, my theory was was because of, of the ship that something in there is controlling him and turning those switches off and turning other switches on uh, so I think that will do it um, I would love to hear your guys take on it if you have a take a little different from mine if you liked it hate it thought it was uh, great thought it was no good just thought it was okay 
what were some things if you just thought it was okay or if you thought it was bad what were some things that you would like to change or maybe you're kind of like me overall you kind of liked it uh, but thought maybe there were a couple of little things that could have been punched up or if you could if you could change it what would you change that in your opinion would make it a little bit better so if you want to send that stuff in to me I would love to hear from you guys I'll play it on the next show we don't have to worry about spoilers or anything for the next show Uh, although I may um, I don't know I may play it like in the the, on, on the next show depending on what I do I may have a spoiler section toward the end and I can play some of your guys feedback on there Uh, So, anywho, area code, the uh, voicemail, area code 206-745-2731. And the uh, email, which would be the easiest way to send in your uh, written thoughts or uh, any opinions or uh, things like that that you have about the movie. If you want to do your own audio, I'd be more than happy to play that for you. My voice is starting to go out a little bit here. Uh, But anyway, that address is... thearmedape at gmail.com all one word thearmedape at gmail.com alright I will talk to you guys next time